Welcome to the Fearless Year podcast. Where we're dedicated to helping ourselves. And you along with us. Break our codependent relationship with fear. I am Dr. Rebecca Heiss. And I'm Nathan Robinson. Together, we talk to experts about traits and skills and areas we hope to grow in as leaders of businesses, families, and communities. Skills and traits like creativity. The ability to confront. Empathy. And time management. Your Fearless Year is all about fearing less. And doing more. Let's dive in. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fearless Year. I'm Nathan. I'm Rebecca. And today we're talking to MJ about patience. MJ has worked as an executive coach for the past 19 years, working with everyone from founders of a one-person startup all the way through family businesses and executives in the C-suite of global corporations. She is the lead coach right now of SheEO, a new crowdsourcing philanthropy and mentoring organization supporting women-owned startups in Canada, the U.S., Australia, and New Zealand. She is an author of a number of books. We're particularly excited um, about the power of patience, since that is our topic today. And her work has appeared in the New York Times, USA Today, the Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, and many, many others. We're so grateful to have you here today, MJ. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Will you start us out plain and simple? How would you define patience? First of all, just back up for a sec. Um, I tend to write books about things that I need to learn for myself. So, <laughs> so um, I had written about gratitude and generosity and kindness, and I thought, well, what else do I need to learn? And patience is the really the one for me. <laughs> and so when I started to really think about it, I thought, well, what is this thing anyway? And it really turns out that it's like three things. Hmm. One is being able to accept the current reality. It's like, this is the way that it is when it's not necessarily the way you want it. Okay. The second is being able to stay calm in that acceptance. It's like, so equanimity is what it's called. Mm. So it's like, I can stay cool and upset about the fact that it is the way that it is. Mm. And the third is Really, I, I, it's, it's a different aspect. It's persistence. It's a, the ability to keep on working at something um, and efforting, even though the goal may be far, far off. And the famous, famous one of this, of course, is the Thomas Edison looking for the light bulb, right? He wanted to figure out what would make a you know let, glass heat up. And he tried 700 things and they and they and each one of them didn't work and so someone said you failed 700 times and he said no i haven't failed 700 times i haven't even failed once i've just proven that those 700 ways don't work i love that when i eliminate all the ones that don't work i will i will have discovered the one that will and it actually took him over a thousand tries that's patience Mm. that's that's the persistence of patience Right? I really like that. We we never really think about the persistence part of patience, I don't mm. think. That's um and that plays so strongly into our fears of like failure and what what is a failure and oh my gosh, I can't do this again. We, how many people give up after what, 3? I I don't think I'd made it make it past the third time. Yeah. Um what you said uh right right away actually about why you're writing the books that you're writing really uh, spoke to me as well, because this is literally why we're building this pod course, right? Is because Nathan and I are sitting here going, we, we really could use some help with some of these traits and some of these skill sets. And why not talk to some experts in these fields and learn and grow? So, um, so we appreciate so much the, the fact that you're willing to be here and talking with us about this today. 
My yeah. pleasure. Yeah, that's great. Sure. And I, going back to the idea of patience and persistence, a lot mm -hmm. of times I think it's easy to think about patience as a passive force. So patience mm -hmm. is what I do when I just, okay, just be patient. But you've described something that involves a, more of a, uh, the acknowledgement, right? More of the, not the passive side, but more of the acknowledgement side. But it also is an active attribute as well. Um, so, so that's great. I love the idea of, of adding action to patients and that's the, the persistence. So, yeah, but, but to your point that has to do with the other two elements, what mm -hmm. it really is, is keeping the fight or flight response turned off. Ooh. So it's, it's the absence of an action actually to mm. your point. Okay. So it's an option. It's actually an abs. What you're doing is you're not allowing the amygdala, which is the the part of our brain that we inherited from reptiles, um, it, it exists to notice threat, mm. okay? And so when it thinks there's a threat, it turns on. How much it turns on goes on the spectrum from irritation and annoyance all the way to rage, right? Because mm. that's the fight part of fight or flight. And so when it's, so patience is really the absence of impatience. It's the absence, it's the absence of turning on that response. Because once that goes on, you, you start to think there's a threat because the amygdala is only as smart of like a two-year-old. So we lose, we lose perspective that, uh, let's just have an example that's really simple. Mm -hmm. yeah. One that is my, one of my nemesis, pre-COVID. Standing in line at the post office. Right? <laughs> I think we can relate to line, that. Any yeah. kind of line. It yep. can, because what, what happens is I think, this is ridiculous. I don't have time for this. Yeah. Why is it? And then instantly the amygdala says, this is a threat to you. Oh, you don't okay. have time for this. So this is a threat. So it gets all activated. It sends the stress hormones through your body, preparing you to fight, physically fight or run hmm. or hide like a little bunny rabbit and hope that the tiger doesn't yeah, see freeze, you. Just... Right. Yeah. So, so the, so we start to lose complete perspective that really, truly, truly, it doesn't, this is not a threat fact yeah. that I have to wait in the line yeah, or not... the fact that you're in traffic or the fact that the, the <laughs> stupid printer won't work or any of the other things that ca cause impatience. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a tiger. Uh, that's something, <laughs> it's not a tiger. Uh, yeah, it's something Rebecca and I, that's, that's a phrase we, we say to each other a lot. Uh, yeah. because is it a tiger? Is it a tiger? Is it, no, it's just Linda from accounting. <sighs> yeah. But the, yes, but the amygdala is too dumb to know yeah. the difference. And so it sets off the response. And so we find ourselves ir impatient, irritated, annoyed, and angry, et cetera. Right. And, and suffering all of the, Stresses to our uh, to our immune system. Yeah, right. Huge that, cost that's, there. That's a huge cost. From our, impatience has a huge toll on our body, mind, and spirits. Which is why the guy who is the number one expert on the fight or flight response was at Stanford. His name is Robert Sapolsky. Sapolsky yeah, the, great the famous dude. Book, why zebras don't get ulcers? Right? Yep. Yep. So, so uh, let me let me ask you more about the stress response. So that's that's my field of of work mm. as well. I'm a I'm a stress mm. physiologist by trade. Oh, and so, well, you know more. About no, this no, no. You're just you're doing a great job. I'm I'm like yeah, she's good. All right, spot on. So so I'm really curious from your perspective, like when you're in the moment, right? You're you're having the the postal experience where you're like oh, and you start to feel that agitation. How do mm -hmm. you how do you work through that? How do you step yeah. away from that to, to really engage yeah. in the persistence part. Yeah. So first of all, 
I think it, it's really what I what worked the best for me was to actually go back to the pre going into that state because generally, like here we are, we're not we're not impatient right now, right? Any of the three of us? I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, no, here we are. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. Okay, so something happens. There's a thought that causes the amygdala to perceive a threat. And it, and so if you can go back and figure out what that is, in my experience, we tend to have a repetitious mm. thought or image or story or, or feeling that then sets it off. So mm. what I found for myself, I know what mine is. Mine is, and I already said it, I don't have time for this. As soon as I say, I don't have time for this, then, then, then the amygdala goes, bam. And then we're all like, like, and so huh. if you can figure out what it is that you do, yeah. then you can provide the anti-do. So when I, when I find myself in that situation and recognize I've said, I don't have time for this, I go, wait a minute, I have time. I, I, I have all the time I need. Yeah. This is not going to, you know, and then I prove to myself by reminding myself about all the other times mm. that I thought I didn't have time, that I survived it, you know. And my, one of my favorite stories, I tell this in the book, is I live in the San Francisco Bay Area and the traffic and under normal circumstances is insane. And I was going to consult a business lawyer about a terrible problem I had in my business. And I was I was in very bad financial shape. And this, you know, and you're going to see this very expensive business lawyer. And as you know, they all charge by the 15 minute increment. Right. And I am stuck in traffic and I go completely like, I don't have time for this. This is costing me by every yeah, second. Sure. Right. And I've already spent $200. I haven't even gotten in the door. Right. Or whatever amount it was. So I'm all agitated and worked up about it. I race in the thing half an hour late because of the traffic. And I'm saying, I'm so sorry. And they go, he says, don't worry, the first hour is free. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then I realized, look how I had dri driven myself crazy. I did have time. It was like yeah. it, I had caused a false tiger, a false yeah. emergency, right? And then that just really started me realizing, you know what? Generally, you have all the time you need. Yeah. And when I... And when you say you have all the time you need, then in fact, you stay out of fight or flight. So you're much more able to deal with the situation as it is anyway. That's so true. Because we get into that that scared, you know, amygdala heightened space and, and everything yeah. is terrifying and our heart is racing. And so everything moves faster and it's, oh. And you make more mistakes because you're prefrontal cortex right. is and now we're in that it. cycle again like oh and my so, gosh and then it takes longer actually then it does take longer and you are you know have less time and you make you know fumble for me i get kinesthetically awkward and clumsy <laughs> but so so then it does take longer to have, fix it have we system. met i think we might be the same person <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah what what stands out to me is and you see this in a lot of different situations, but what you just described, that story you described, literally nothing changed. Like in this world, between yeah. you being at a, at a heightened state and you being at a calm state, literally nothing changed except that one, that one piece of information or that one perception. And to me, that's really powerful. It's, it's, it's like when uh, someone cuts you off in traffic and you get all mm -hmm. upset and then, and then you, you know, you pull up or you find out like, oh, it's... It, the guy's wife was in labor and right. then all of a sudden, yeah, oh, well. Oh, it's fine then. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. so yeah. nothing actually changes physically. No. Um, and that's the powerful thing that you're the one in control of, of, I loved what you said about, 
you know, the voice talking to your amygdala. Like you can say to it the thing that is self-triggering, or you can yeah. say to it the thing that is the opposite of triggering and self-diffusing. I have self -diffusing. all the time in the world. I have yeah. all it's the time okay. in the world. It's all right. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or whatever it is that, you know, what I've found, because I've, you know, worked with a lot of people around this, um, everyone has a different story that has to do with uh, about why. So, like, mm. uh, I'm working with a guy right now, and he says his triggering was they're taking advantage of me. Like he feels like they're screwing me or they're out to get me or that it's, it's so it's like a more paranoid thought, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, and that is what then triggers. Yeah. So, you know, and what's interesting to me to think about all of this in the context of your, the name of your podcast, which is about fear or fearlessness, because we all know that this, the threat response from the amygdala is fear. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, we couldn't be more on topic. Huh? <laughs> no, I, I love it. I, I'm curious about the the stories that you hear. If there's any patterns to those to those trigger stories, right? Is there? No. Are no, you finding? I mean, people, everyone has a unique thing. Mm -hmm. So remember what the, I'm sure you know this, but the amygdala um, is it designed to protect us, right? To avoid threat, right? Yeah. So when it's when we're little, it comes up with the ex things that it's watching for. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that are triggering. Right. And so somehow this kid saw somebody getting or he had, he came up with a story and his two, little two and three year old brain, like never let that happen to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. And so then that's so everyone's it's different because your amygdala has decided on these things and then it looks for them. Have, have you found any techniques it. to like help people figure that out other than other than pausing in the moment? Is that you? You know, you really just have to, you really have to just start to go rewind. Mm -hmm. What were you thinking just before? So I just did this with him yesterday, actually. I was talking to what my, this guy. And um, I said, go back. You got mad in a meeting because this person said this thing. Mm -hmm. I couldn't understand at all why it was upsetting. That's the point. Like, because it's yours, personal. Mm -hmm. Not, it's mm -hmm. not, and it's like, it isn't like the world thinks this is a terrible thing, right? So, um he lost his patience with this person and he's, and we've been working together about this for a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I go rewind. What were you thinking just before? Right. And so he was just fine before. And then what was interesting, it was a di slightly different. It was different. The time he said, haven't I taught them anything? It was like, he, he thought I've put all this effort in and my effort is useless because mm. these people are still being idiotic or whatever it was. It was like, so that was the thing when he thought that, then he got, then he was impatient. Mm. Patience takes patience. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, and, and, and patience, then patience takes observation to try to change that. So it's awareness without judgment. I don't know whether, so one of my teachers in this whole thing about how do you change anything, which is I've written about a lot, and this is Timothy Galway. And hmm. he basically says, um, the magic of the brain is a naturally self-correcting mechanism. You just have to increase your awareness of what, what it's doing without increasing judgment. Because if you increase judgment, then you get shame and guilt. And so then you don't want to look at it. So then you don't actually are not aware. And so then you're stuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, so the trick is how do you increase your awareness so that you can then notice what you're doing and decide, do I want to do that? Or what's the trigger or whatever, right? So um, 
that that's the trick is what's after the fact going back to what happened <laughs> in my mind because I made this up. <laughs> yeah. Awareness without judgment. Yeah, that sounds really easy. <laughs> well, in practice, thing- I'm thinking about it and I'm going. I don't, well, the way to do it is to increase curiosity rather than judgment. Oh, there it is. Oh, I yeah. love that. So oh, isn't that interesting? Huh, isn't oh. that interesting? Every time I think that thought, then I go into red. <laughs> isn't that interesting? That's going to be my new phrase. Huh. Good. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah, but, but genuinely curious, right? So, and I just really, it was interesting because I've been teaching this from Galway for, I don't know, 15, 20 years now, I guess. And just this week, I read an article from these addiction specialists that say awareness and curiosity cures addiction too. Because hmm. you start to pay really close attention to, do you want to feel that way from doing that thing? Does Is it really pleasurable? You know, that makes a whole lot of sense too, because you're tapping into the same kind of stories, right? You're tapping into yeah. those those basal responses of, of this is a dopamine thing. And versus a, an adrenaline thing or a cortisol thing, a similar similar pathways to say, wait a second, how does this make me feel? That's that's fascinating. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So yeah. so MJ, yeah. I want to dig a little bit more into into more of a personal question, which is uh, what what is it that actually drew you to your work around patients? Being impatient, <laughs> <laughs> and and well, and also you know the other thing about looking for it isn't just what triggers in terms of the thought that you have, but like I never lose my patience except with my spouse and I've had more than one. So I know it doesn't have anything to do with him. <laughs> right? That's right. That's but quite an observation. Any, anything with any other human being with humans, I have infinite patience, but with, when it's a system like a line uh-huh. or an impersonal thing, or with me, especially as machines, the Xerox machine in the olden days when we had to have lots of Xeroxes or if printers now or when the computer won't start or the phone is, you know, it's like I'm technologically an idiot. And so I, I have this, this sense of incompetence and I don't have time for this, like gets triggered very easily. So, um, so I wanted to understand all of that about myself and figure out what to do about it. Wow. That's really, yeah, that's really powerful. Um, identifying not just the phrases, not just the context, but even down to the people. Um, you know, we extend, we can extend a lot more grace or patience to people in different contexts. It's uh, so I'm not a morning person by any means. And so when I wake up in, in the morning, um, Oh, we've got a friend. I know. Who is it? Let's yeah. see. This is Sushi. He's quite gorgeous, so you have to see oh, him. Oh, wow. Hi, Sushi. Sushi? Yeah. Sushi? Sushi. Yeah, I just can't talk. That's <laughs> so, sushi. So when I wake up in the morning, it, you know, it's yeah. a solid you know, hour or so before I am going to, of my own volition, vocalize <laughs> or talk to or, or act human with anyone. And You've my, met my husband. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know my, my wife and I we have we have an understanding around the morning like we we just we do our thing but but it's fine. Um, but I found that if I if for some reason like I get I have to be up for a call um, or a Zoom meeting or something like this like I can get up roll out of bed you know splash some water in my face and then be on for that other person. My sense of impatience adjusts based on on my relationship. So 
That's that's yeah. interesting. That what was the phrase? That is isn't, isn't that, that interesting? interesting? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that interesting? And of course, part of what made me so sad about that is that I want to be the nicest to the ones I love, right? As opposed to the meanest to the ones or impatient with the ones that I love. Yeah, we, yeah. Give, right? we give our best to the people who who sometimes yes. matter. Least. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I think actually, if we turn that even inward, I'm probably the least patient with not only the people that I love, but with myself, yeah. right? I am, I am absolutely the least patient with myself. If I don't have things on time and yeah. done and right, and oh my gosh, we, uh, we certainly don't give ourselves enough grace in that area. Yeah. So here's, but here, here's the other interesting, this is the most, the most useful research I learned in the last 10 years, which oh, is, can't wait which is why do we, why we do that? So it all goes back exactly back to the amygdala. Mm. So uh, this comes from research that in, that a woman who's a psychologist uh, named Kristen Neff did. Huh. Do you know her work I don't on self compassion? Know. Okay, so she basically was asking the question: Why are we so? Why do we beat ourselves up? Why are we so impatient with ourselves? Right, and we criticize ourselves when we as and we give we're not like that to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So the same question. And she got interested because she had an autistic kid and she realized how much she beat herself up when she wasn't perfect, right? Mm-hmm. When she lost her patience or, but, and so she thought it doesn't help. I don't get better from doing that. I don't get better. So why, what's the, so what she realized, found, realized was through research is when we don't meet our own expectations, the threat system, our little amygdala, perceives a threat, and the threat is ourself. Mm. So it turns on, we turn on ourselves to try to, quote, kill us, attack us, attacking ourselves. Mm. And, right, it makes total sense. Once you hear it, you go, yeah, that's what you, it is. It's that more primitive brain going, you're bad, you're awful, da, da, da. and again, it's turning on the stress response. So. Yeah. So she thought, okay, if that system isn't the right system to deal with change, change you know, how we need to relate to ourselves to get, improve, what is? And um, she looked to the attached system, hmm. which is the primate brain, mm-hmm. right? Which is the mo- uh, monkey clinging on, literally clinging on to the chest of the parent, right? And when you offer that, when you do that, um, you activate oxytocin, the compassion, love hormone, and then you have much more love and compassion, which is actually what causes change. Hmm. And so what she did, she discovered was that part of our brain doesn't tell the difference between I give you a hug or you do this for yourself. Yeah. So her self-compassion work, you can see her stuff on selfcompassion.org. I and she's it. got, so if this is something that any that people who are listening uh, want to learn how to be more gentle with themselves, mm. definitely take a look at that. Um, and uh, it's very, very powerful. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, it, you're absolutely right. The brain doesn't really differentiate where we're, where we're getting these hormones from or where we're getting these, these experiences from. And it's so easy to, you know, talk to our best friends kindly and with patience and with gratitude. And we don't extend that to ourselves. We don't talk to ourselves like that. If we, man, I'll tell you, if, if I was, uh, looking at some of the things that I say to myself, 
externally. Mm-hmm. I'm in an abusive relationship right. sometimes, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's, yeah. that's not okay. Um, so I, I really yeah. like that. I really like the idea of, of generating more self-compassion as a way to deal with patients and deal with. Um, yeah. Deal and, with and yeah. Embrace. And also transformation, right? Which yeah. is how to work with yourself. Cause yeah. So beating somebody up else up doesn't help them change and neither does it help you. Hmm. Doesn't change the situation. Only makes it worse, actually. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah. One of the things uh, Rebecca and I talk about, and it, it's a question we like to ask uh, guests, and that has to do with our our inner child or inner self, mm-hmm. sort of the eight year old version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've we've done some, or I've I've done some work, you know, myself, and I was a scared little kid uh, growing up. So you know, there there are moments where I try to practice, all right, finding sort of that scared little kid and mm-hmm. and giving like giving that embrace, giving, visualizing that embrace to, to myself, you know, Hey buddy, like it's all right. You're going to be okay. (laughs) You're going to turn out all right. You're going to make it. That's exactly the technique of one of the techniques in self-compassion. Okay. Good start. start. So you're, you're doing it. Awesome. So if you let, let's turn it to you more specifically, if you had a message of, of care, self-compassion or, or patience to your eight year old self, what would you what advice would you give to your eight-year-old self about the, some of these topics? Well, I think, so this goes to fear, really. I, I would say you're not going to believe how much you're going to be able to do in your life that you think you can't do. Mm, wow. There was some, I was, I've, I used to always say, if, you know, I got paid a penny for every worry, I'd be a gazillionaire. Mm. Like, I, I, my natural tendency is to be anxious and worried, which mm. turns out to be a temperament that, 15% of us are born with. Oh, wow. Um, and so, um, so it's like, it was always going to like, how am I going to do that? Like, I remember literally as a kid going, yeah, you got all A's in second grade, but third grade's oh, harder. God. And then, you know, oh, and then, then fourth that grade, fear every, of failure, every, right? every single yeah. year, every single year I'd go, yeah, okay, you aced that, but next year, uh, you know, I'd make, <laughs> yeah. make myself an anxious wreck as opposed mm-hmm. to going, since you did that, I'm sure you'll be mm-hmm. able to do this. You know, it's like, I don't know where I got it. I, obviously wasn't supported in that way by anybody else. So I think it would be just, you know what, it's, you're, you're going to, you're going to be able to take care of yourself and, um, in ways that you can't possibly even dream of Mm. at where sitting in your eight year old self. Those fears, those fears of failure. Oh my gosh. I'm just listening to you talk and it's making me anxious because I, I, I completely understand that. and, And that resonates deeply with me. I think so many of us get caught into this, whether from eight years on, right. Or shoot from two, yep. two on mm-hmm. of, um, you know, if, if I've accomplished this, great. That means people are looking at this and saying, wow, she's good at that. What's going to happen next time when I'm not, what, what does that take away from, you know, my value, my worth, if I don't achieve and, and we don't give ourselves this room to actually fail grow, yep, which, learn, yep. you know, be patient with ourselves patient long with enough ourselves. to say, like, actually, yes. that's just a, that's just a temporary thing. I'm not ready yet, as opposed mm-hmm. to I'm a failure. Yep. If you could mm-hmm. put on your teaching hat for one second and, and just be the best professor of patience. Um, not what? that you haven't been already. I, frankly. I was going to say, I'm seriously. Like, this question is hard to ask because <laughs> you've already been teaching so much, so many different steps in the process. But yeah. anyway, continue. No, 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 absolutely. No, you're right. What is the one thing, if you had to boil it down, the absolute one thing that you would want everybody to know about patients? I don't know if this is the core thing, but it's, it's a thought that we haven't gone down the road of that I'd like to say, which is that it's really important to be able to be... Ex- 
accepting, especially I think we think about the pandemic right now. I mean, mm. we've got to all have patience because there's just, we just, we, we don't have any choice, right? right? <laughs> it's like, are we going to be miserable while it's happening? Or are we going to accept it? And yeah. be calm and keep on keeping on, right? That is That's, the choice, so, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Patience exactly. or not. Or, or anger or frustration yeah. or you know, all of that stuff, yeah. But but in circumstances where we do have choice, I think it's really important to know when to push and when not to. It's like you have to also be able to say, okay, wait a minute. Now is the time not to be accepting of what's going on. Okay. So it's not about just saying patience is the best thing in the universe and we all need it. We do all need it. But it's sometimes you have to know when to push as well as when to wait. And so I, it's really about being skillful about having both of those and staying in a state of calmness so that you can then judge accurately because your prefrontal cortex is online about when to push and when to be patient. So that, that calls to mind... Uh... It's a callback to how we started the conversation, which I always love. Mm-hmm. Um, I was an English major, and I taught English and literature and writing. So a circular structure. I love a circular structure. I do, too. And I used to be a book editor for 25 years Fantastic. before I had this career. And so I, I had books this. at a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. So I agree with you. Yeah, fantastic. So the callback, because you just you just touched on this beautiful moment that says, you know, patience is is absolutely necessary to see things clearly, to exercise our our curiosity, and to be in control, right? Not to be mm-hmm. triggered, but to be in control. But mm-hmm. what that control does, because you know, I said something at the beginning about you know, well, there's an active side to patience, and you said you sort of push mm-hmm. back. Well, I mean, actually, <laughs> no, you missed it, and you sort of redirected me, which is great. But now, coming full circle, patience gives us the room to act and the room to yes. act intelligently and appropriately mm-hmm. um, beautiful it's it's the space between the reaction and the response yeah. right yes it, it's and, yeah that's mm-hmm. we're we're evolved enough as it were to have this opportunity to create a gap instead of just reacting mm. like um you know it's a tiger ah! or you put your hand on a hot stove you pull it back yeah. like that patience i think if i'm hearing it right is what allows us to say okay I feel the heat. Here's going to be my choice. And, and mm-hmm. it's that separation right. that allows us to step back and make a conscious cognitive decision in the moment that's, that's appropriate, yes, whether it be push was, or not. That was what I was just going to say in response to you, Nathan, which was, I don't think it's, an, I don't think of it so much as control. I think of it as being able to, be res, to respond rather than react, which is just what mm. you've just both got started to really talk about. Yeah. Um, I was, on, I was in a team meeting recently with these people that I work with and I reacted to something. I was like, wait a minute. I, later, I called up the, the, the CEO and I said, I, have to, I, I need to apologize. Mm-hmm. I said, I was reactive in that, in that exchange. And, and, and I, you know, I, she said, I was wondering because you're not usually, I said, uh, you know, I, I, because that's the whole point. You want to be responsive. Mm-hmm. You want, you know, and you want to be, be able to say, okay, what do I actually think about that? What's the most skillful way to respond so that the person is not, you know, is not maximum receptive so we can get somewhere and like that. You don't want to be in a reactive. We don't want to be in reactivity. And I think that, I think that this is a hugely important thing right now, given the last X number of years we've come out of mm-hmm. or not come out of or that it has mm-hmm. so much reactivity to it. 
That's a really good point. I haven't thought so much about patience in, in communication. And as you mm. said that, I was like, oh man, that is, that is something I really need to work on because I am so ready to jump in and respond or, or react, really. I'm reacting mm. to somebody instead of taking time. My, my partner and I, this is constantly a, a battle because I, I think out loud. I speak my, mm-hmm. my reaction and then I decide, is that the response I want to be having? Mm-hmm. And he takes his time. He really thinks through things. And I'm like, come on, come on, respond. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he is responding. He's not reacting. And mm-hmm. I think so, it's so easy to get caught up into some of our fears, at least for me, one of my big fears is nobody's going to take me seriously. They don't, I'm an mm-hmm. imposter. Mm-hmm. And so I have to add my value immediately. If I don't respond right now, they won't think that I'm intelligent. They won't think that I'm X. They won't think, you know, we tell these stories instead of saying, let me be patient with myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And give this the thought that it deserves so that I can respond appropriately in the moment. Yep. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Well, as we've come full circle, there's there's one one last bit. You you alluded to the name of our podcast, and that's the you know, this idea of fearing less, the fearless year. Mm-hmm. This challenge that we've given to ourselves and <laughs> and we're extending to our guests and, and to anyone who's who's listening or tuning in. But what is it? And really, this will just be rehashing because you've already given us so much. <laughs> but, but what's the specific thing that patience allows you to do that's fearless? Or, or, or how does patience combat fear? Well, it keeps us out of fear, mm-hmm. right? It's like because, because it's, 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 the, it's the not allowing the fear response to turn on. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it's, it. And, Right, right. So that's why, and why. So it allows us to go. Okay, this is what's happening. Whatever it is, I'm in this situation with this person, or I'm stuck in traffic. This is what's happening, and I'm okay with it. And so, therefore, I'm not afraid. Like whether that's like I've got to uh, figure out what to do about my the my money situation, or I have to figure out what to do about my family situation. All the things that trigger us in fear. If you if you're just like, okay, this is what's happening right now, and I can handle it. Then you don't. Then you don't feel. Then you don't feel afraid. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm glad I asked I again know. because <laughs> because that was. It's in the same theme, but it, it's such a, a helpful angle for us to to consider this. That's my mantra now, yeah. right? Patience keeps you from fear. Yeah, keeps I love you it. out of fear. I love it. MJ, this has been an absolute delight. If uh, if our community wants to find you, where can we learn more about you? Where can we get your books? Um, how can how can people reach out to you? Yeah, the books are available on Amazon and any other, you know, digital bookstore. And um, I'm at mj-ryan.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, thank you so much. We appreciate you being on The Fearless Year. You already know The Fearless Year is a podcast, but it's also a community of people looking to live more fearless lives just like you. The Fearless Year pod course is an on-demand resource built around our biggest learnings from the topics covered on the podcast. Each chapter includes additional tools, commentary, downloads, and prompts to further your own fearless journey. You'll also get free access to the Acuity 360-degree self-awareness app on iOS or Android. Finally, subscribing to the pod course also means that every month you will get a hard copy fearless bullet journal in your physical mailbox. This bullet journal has one month of planning pages to chart your day, do personal reflections, respond to challenges from the fearless year, chart your personal growth, and customize it to fit your productivity style. 
Check out all the levels and details at myfearlessyear.com. Again, check it out at myfearlessyear.com. I've done millions of these. I've done thousands of radio <laughs> interviews, and I've done like zillions of podcasts. And I have to say, I love your both the most. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, real, that's recorded. Thank you. <laughs> you're real. You're, you're, you're thoughtful. It's, you're not just reading from a list of questions that you made me send you kind of a thing. Sure. And it's just like you're having an embodied experience. And, oh, and, wow. And Thank comes, you so much. Really, really comes across. That means so much. We are, we are honestly just building something that, like we said at the beginning, that, that we need. And yeah. so getting that validation back, it, it means the world. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you.